Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back to the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared Landreth. I am the Creative Arts and Worship Minister at IBC. We're so glad that you have uh, turned on this episode. Scott Schooler is back here uh, in our control room uh, with me recording another episode of the IBC Podcast. He has been long removed, but he is the uh, uh, his return is definitely welcome. Scott, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jared. I'm so glad. It took us... A long time, much longer than it will take us to record this podcast, uh, to get serious enough to actually <laughs> hit the record button and start talking about important things. So before we dive into those important things, Scott. Yes. You've been in ministry longer than I've been alive. 32 years. Jerry. I am not that old. Yeah. Started as a 19-year-old. Knew nothing, but started as a 19-year-old. Do you feel like you know much more than you no. did when you were in the <laughs> no, I, I know less now than I did then. So I mean, I wasn't going to say the the O word, the three letter o, old. Oh, yes, yeah, uh-huh. that word. Um. Anyways, Scott, I'm sure that you. I, I mean, in the short time that I've been in ministry, I've experienced things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> um, I'm sure that you have experienced more things. Uh, in yes, ministry, yes. Uh, are there? Do you have three, maybe that uh, are that you could share concisely uh, that stand out concisely, to you? Concisely, yes. Yeah. My three most memorable moments in my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> you pastor. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, that's a good question. Uh, there are lots of memories in my ministry, not all good, uh, but God was always there for all of them. I think. Probably, probably the, t- the number one uh, thing that I look back on my ministry and I'm most grateful for uh, was the opportunity to get to baptize all three of my children. Uh, one thing that I didn't share yesterday that was in my notes, uh, when we talk about false conversions, um, one of the things that I feared as a minister was that my kids would make a false commitment to Christ just because that's what daddy does and daddy wants people to walk the aisle and and pray to receive Christ so by default they were going to do that because that's what daddy wanted excuse me and not because the Lord was calling them so to see legitimate conversions and then have an opportunity to baptize them was the number one thing Uh, second thing has has been the ministers that I've had an opportunity to work with these ministers included. Um, You know, there's a lot, and you know this, and you'll know this, there's a lot of heartache, and there's a lot of difficulty uh, serving in ministry because you're working with people, and people are going to let you down, and people are going to disappoint you. No way. Uh, But having, yeah, but having a good team, uh, I think of, you know, 20-plus years of working with Mark Wright and grateful that he's retired and has an opportunity to enjoy retirement. Uh, but we had so many good times together, yeah. uh, Mark and I did. And then I think of just the rest of the staff and staff from previous churches that I served at. What a blessing that was. And then probably um, just the people, the people that you build relationships with that last for a lifetime. So it all stems around people, my children and staff members that I've worked with, and then 
church members that really are like family members to me. Uh, those are my greatest treasures, my greatest memories yeah. of ministry. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's uh, way more sentimental than p- pimento cheese. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I may have shared a pimento cheese sandwich with Brother Mark a time okay. or two. It all comes together full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In his four-wheel drive pickup truck. That yeah, that, that so, you don't have. <laughs> yes, exactly. That I was reminded of yesterday by one yes. of my friends in the church. I wonder who did that. member. Well, you reminded oh, me yeah. that too, but somebody else yesterday <laughs> visiting the hospital, walking out, and he's like, uh, oh, is that your truck? Yeah, yeah. He says, it's not four-wheel drive, is it? I said, no. He said, well, mine is. And then he turned around and laughed and walked away. <laughs> what a jerk. And you know who you are if you're listening. So. Oh, man. All right. Is his name Serious rhyme stuff. with Wayne's Childer? <laughs> no, nobody was there. <laughs> no, his name rhymes with uh, uh, Yark. Mung. <laughs> Yark Mung. <laughs> Do you know LOL. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, you preached uh, surprise in First John again. Uh, we were in uh, chapter 3, verses 4 to 10. I'll read that really fast. It says, everyone who practices sin also practices law- practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil, no one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. So Scott, uh, can you summarize briefly um, kind of what the thesis of your sermon was for us? <clears throat> yes, you know, the title kind of encapsulates that. Who's your father or who's your daddy? Um, our actions. I prefer the latter. Our actions, yeah. Our actions really do reveal uh, who we claim as Lord, whether we want to be honest with that or not. And that's the point I was trying to make yesterday. That's a hard passage, a hard passage to read. It's a hard passage to preach. Um, and I struggled with it about exactly what John was saying, Um, but really what John was saying, if we're living in a lifestyle of sin and we claim to be a follower of Christ, it's it's false. We're not. We're not followers of Christ. And I wanted our people to realize that there are people in the church, uh, maybe in our church, but definitely in churches across our nation that think that they're secure in Christ, but they're not because they're not, their, their fruits don't reveal that. Uh, we're not here to judge others necessarily. Right. We could talk about that. That's a whole nother conversation. But we are, according to what John uh, has taught us in this passage, we're to test ourselves. And we need to test ourselves because, like I said, eternity is a long time to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be wrong. So, yeah. Anyway. Why are we so arrogant uh, and think that we know better than God and ha- know a better way? Well, from the garden, it's been like that. Um, we educate ourselves, we 
live life and have experiences and we think is the created being that we know better than the creator you know but his word teaches that that our our wisdom is foolishness compared to him you know we're it's silly to think that we know better than the father and, and when we <clears throat> we we go outside of his will is when we get ourselves in trouble so i just think i think it's that constant fight against the flesh yeah and we fight that every day and we'll fight that every day and it may not it may not be Jared that you're fighting the same struggles that you fought as a teenager and the older you get there are some shifts in the things that we fight but we're constantly fighting the flesh yeah and uh, to think that we know better than God is well, as you said it's arrogant and it's wrong yeah um, yep verse 5 uh verse 5 says you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin why do you think it's helpful to you? First off, you were intentional and reminded us specifically of that passage. You emphasized that passage. Um, why do you think it's helpful to remember that Jesus came to take away sin? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Because I think sometimes we face things that we think are insurmountable. Mm-hmm. I can't overcome this addiction in my life, or I can't overcome this anger, or this frustration, or whatever it is, the sins that plague us. Um, to be reminded that Christ came for the purpose of defeating sin and defeating Satan's uh, desires, which we talked about uh, pretty specifically yesterday, too, that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, When I'm reminded that we have a Savior that came and was victorious over that, and because of his death, burial, and resurrection— I have been set free. It's it's encouraging and it's reminding, and and it reminds me that Christ has won that battle, so I don't have to fight that battle. And really, honestly, God's Word says that with every temptation that we have, God is the one that provides the way out. He doesn't bring the temptation, but He provides the way out so that we can stand up under the pressure of that. So if I live each day knowing that I have victory in Christ by what He's done on the cross, that encourages me. And I don't have to succumb to that sin. I don't have to give in to that sin. I don't have to I don't have to be enslaved to that again because I have been set free by what Christ did. So to be reminded of that yeah. is very encouraging. Yeah, definitely. How does that mindset um how does that mindset help us when we're struggling with I think well, let me back up. I think that uh a lot of times people have the temptation of, well, if Jesus is gonna forgive my sins, yes. why not? just continue in my sin. So how does this mindset that we've been talking about that Jesus came to take away sins, what does that have to say in response to that mindset? Yeah. It should motivate us honestly to, to, like I said yesterday, I don't, I don't live a righteous life to earn God's favor or even sustain God's favor. I think a lot of time Christians realize that we're not saved by our works, but there's this part of us in the back of our mind that thinks I'm sustained in my relationship with Christ by my works. And that's not biblical either. Mm-hmm. You are saved and sustained by what Christ did on the cross. And instead of us looking at that, looking at that and thinking, oh, well, I have this security of the believer and my sins past, present, and future have already been forgiven, so just go do whatever I want to do. No, that's the wrong motivation. It's just like that it's like that uh, illustration that I gave, gave of that professor that was doing that uh, sharing and was questioned about once saved, always saved. And his response was, I do whatever, whatever I want to do, but God has changed my wanter. He's changed what I want to do. And really, you see that. I see that in my life as, as I'm being sanctified, and we talked about that. 
I'm being refined and, and molded into the likeness of Christ, that <clears throat> those things that the world wants to participate in and wants me to participate in, not only do I not want to do them, uh, but I find those things disgusting, and really my heart is moved with compassion for people that are caught up into those things because they're just doing what sinners do. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're truly a follower of Christ, I really believe that God's Spirit, and John talks about that seed of God that's implanted within us, that new nature, uh, it changes my desires. I don't want to do those things. Now, there are times where I fall into things, whatever it might be, if it's greed or lust or anger or whatever it might be. <clears throat> but like we talked about, that's not my life. That's that's the exception. That's mm-hmm. not the rule. Yeah. So because of what Christ has done, I am motivated to live a righteous life, not to earn anything from Him, but just to show Him that I love Him. It's the same thing I do for my wife and my children. I love my wife and I love my children because I love them, not because mm-hmm. I'm expecting anything in return. Right. Um, it's just a heart of gratitude yeah. towards them. For sure. Um, what's the difference between practicing sin <clears throat> and occasionally stumbling as a true believer in Christ? Yeah, I was telling you earlier before we started, uh, as I began preparing for this message, one thing that I really struggled with is I have a lot of conversations with men. I meet with a lot of men during the week and do the men's ministry here at our church and talk to a lot of guys that deal with habitual sin, whatever that might be. Um, And man, I really struggled with this passage where John's telling us that we don't continue in sin. We don't persist in sin, that if we continue and persist in sin, then we're not a follower of Christ. And I I kept thinking about these habitual sins that guys deal with. And and I think the key is, and i got to be careful here because I don't want to give somebody an out for any sin, but are you really battling that? Are you really struggling with that? Or are you you belittling, I don't know if that's the best word, but are you belittling the grace of God? When When I intentionally sin, thinking that I'm just going to come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. I'll figure this out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm belittling what Christ did on the cross, and that's a dangerous place. So to come back to your question, what's the difference between practicing sin and an occasional falling into sin? I think John was very clear in this passage to say that if that's your lifestyle, if you are deliberately and continually and persistently and constantly living in sin— and, and rejecting the truths of God and what God desires of his children, then you're not a legitimate Christ follower. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I can come into church and tell you that I'm a Christian, but if my life, you know, even Sunday, the rest of the day, and then on through the week is anything but what a Christian is, then, you know, I'm deceiving myself. It's what I said when I talked about our world. They don't want anything to do with God until they step into eternity and realize eternity is a reality, and then they want God to be their Savior. Right. And I don't believe that you can separate him as Savior and Lord. I think he's Savior and Lord. He's not Savior or Lord, Right. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, last question. What assurance do I have that I am saved? I, we all struggle with sins. Yeah. Um, I would venture to say most of us struggle with habitual sins. Um, And 
how can we know how can we know how can we be assured that we sure. are yeah uh, yeah followers of <clears throat> i think your actions i think the overall trajectory of your life uh, helps define that that i'm striving to move towards christ and to live for christ and yes i have those occasional setbacks and there may even be time we use this we use this terminology in the southern baptist church too where i'm where i'm backslidden where i there's a time maybe that I can fall into sin. Mm-hmm. But a couple of things that I kind of touched on yesterday, <clears throat> the Bible says that if you're not chastened by God, mm-hmm. if, if you're not disciplined by God, if you're not miserable when you're living in sin, meaning that there's, there's guilt and there's shame, there's forgiveness, but there's guilt and there's shame that draws us to our, pushes us to our knees to a point of repentance. If you can sin and you don't have that guilt and conviction that comes from the Spirit of God, then that's that's something you need to look at because God's Word said if we're not chastened, then we're illegitimate children. We're not God's children. Um, so I think that's one. I think John has given us the test here. We're, we're in fellowship with Christ. That shows that we're a God follower. Mm-hmm. We love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you can't stand the church and people in the church as a whole, there are people that frustrate us. We both right. know that. Um, but we still love them. Yeah. Uh, if you can't stand people and you don't want to be around people in the church, then that's a test that yep. John has given us. And then yesterday, the the test that he gave us is: is our life lived in righteousness, or is our life lived in sin? If we're living in sin, then we're not a follower of Christ. And I love what Romans eight sixteen says. It says that God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's child. So if I'm legitimately God's child, then his spirit is going to encourage me. And yes, we'll have doubts. I've dealt with doubts. You probably have dealt with doubts. When you have habitual sin in your life, you deal with doubts because the accuser wants to say, well, Jared, how can you be a Christian if you continue to struggle with this sin in your life? Right. Well, you've been forgiven of that, and God wants to free you from that bondage that you're dealing with. So it's not necessarily that you're not a Christ follower. Um, his spirit is going to encourage you, and his spirit's going to bear witness with our spirit yeah. that we belong to him. So that's good. So if you had two more minutes to preach, if uh, if we played two minutes less of music, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Y'all did a great job Sunday. Uh, what would you have spent those two minutes talking about? I I think, and we've touched on it a little bit here in our podcast. I think really delving into the whole deal of habitual sin. And you you made a comment a while ago that everybody deals with habitual sin. Um, and, and I don't know, probably in their life, but does every is everybody out there, does everybody out there have this pet sin or this secret sin or this habitual sin that they're dealing with? And probably what, what I would have delved into is the danger of that. Um <clears throat> Where do you draw the line? You know, what sins are okay to toy with and what sins aren't okay to toy with? If I told you I was a, you know, if I was, if I told you, uh, Jared, I'm a habitual adulterer, you know, you'd be like, Scott, that ain't right. That's not Christ-like. Right. Or if I told you I was a habitual murderer that every other week I got to go out and kill somebody, <laughs> you know, that's extreme. Right. But, but then if I tell you that... I habitually deal with pornography or I habitually deal with anger in my life. We tend to brush that off as, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's okay. Because, you know, I don't, I don't know. Right. I still am dealing with the ramifications of what John has taught us in this passage as it deals with habitual sins. And I know this, 
Christ died to set us free from habitual sins, whether it's anger right. or lust or whatever it might be. Yeah. And for us to continue in a sin is really to tell God that his death on the cross or Christ that his death on the cross wasn't powerful enough to release me from that. Right. And I think a lot of times in talking with people that I talk with, um, they know there's freedom in that, but let's just be honest, they like the sin. Right. So they continue in the sin because they like the sin. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be. We Definitely. don't want to toy with the death of Christ in such a way in his grace and mercy. Yeah. So well, a little, Scott, a little more on that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for uh <laughs> thanks for coming on and uh glad to have you back. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the IBC Podcast. We are so glad that you uh, tune in. Uh, if you are looking to get involved in the manual, we would love to uh, help you make that happen. Uh, we have services that we would love for you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.45, and 11. You can catch all of those online as well at the same times at ibcshawnee.org. And then we also stream on Facebook. While you're at our website, you can check out our events page and see all of the upcoming events that we have. Um, we're going to have some stuff coming up for Easter, so look out for the Easter page on the website coming uh, very soon. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.